I physically would go and see where my parents came from. Like where my parents came from was like so rural Mexico that what like I'm not even like I have very vivid memories of like going to the river to go take a bath in the freezing river cold water like I have vivid memories of like you know what I mean like like going out into this like hole in like the middle of nothing to like go to the bathroom and like just like I felt like my family literally came from nothing like my father called through a sewer his first job was like working in the field picking oranges like you know i i just have these memories um and and these examples of like how hard they had to work and i always felt like i should be so grateful i should be so grateful and i just felt a lot of pressure to get make the most out of like whatever opportunities i had dímelo mi gente welcome to another episode of the quintueras podcast brought to you by plural you already know it's your boy Pavel, bring you another special episode with another very special guest. If it's your first time listening to the podcast, just know that our mission is to redefine professionalism. So every week we have a new guest where we explore the conflict between authenticity and professionalism. Now, about our guest. The clip you heard in the intro is with this week's guest, Julista Prado, who is the founder and CEO of Rizos Curls, which is a clean hair care line aimed at embracing and celebrating the beauty of curls, coils, and waves everywhere. This jefa was born and raised in Los Angeles, California. After years of making her own curly cocktail and being the curl whisperer within her community, Julissa decided to launch her own hair care line, Pizos Curls. She's been featured in, in Ted, Forbes, Oprah Daily, Access Hollywood. That said, if you listen to most of those interviews, they tend to talk about the same thing. It's about her business, why she launched, when she launched, and the experience of launching that to where she is now. I want to focus this conversation on topics that she typically doesn't talk about in interviews, her corporate experience. And what was that experience like as a Latina? Ironically enough, we didn't talk about her hair at all. And it wasn't the focus of the conversation. In fact, I was intentional about not discussing her hair because I wanted to get to know Julissa, the person, the emotions, the pressures, the anxiety that come and go on a daily basis as she aims to build not only this amazing company, but also this amazing organizational culture rooted in representation and fun. The type of representation that her and I didn't see when we entered corporate America, but now are in the positions where we can go and create it. I'm really excited to see her continue to not only for her brand, but also her as a leader and CEO. That said, we start off the conversation with, you guessed it, authenticity, because it's such a buzzword, yet we don't often stop and think about what it actually means. So let's hear from Julissa on what authenticity means to her. Authenticity is what allows you to truly be at peace. And I think that like truly being at peace means living your truth, whatever that may be. You know what I mean? Like living in a way that feels like you are able to be honest with yourself and with others. And you don't, you don't feel like you have to hide any part of you. When you were growing up, was it easy to live up to that definition? I was first generation, you know, immigrant parents, you know, very, a very common like Latino kind of upbringing that so many of us go through understanding that, you know, my parents had sacrificed so much, you know, came in this country and you have a lot of pressure on you to, you know, take advantage of the opportunities that they didn't like of almost like being an adult very early on of, because like, you know, my parents didn't speak English. So it was like 10 years old. I'm over here, like translating, like legal documents, like, you know what I mean? Like writing <laughs> checks, like making decisions that most 
little kids like usually don't I was actually I don't know if you've seen this but on TikTok it's like this trend on um that these adults it'll be like adults like they'll be like 26 years old or something already but they're like this is my first time you know calling to get my own health insurance and my mom's on the phone like helping me do it and they're like laughing about it and I just was watching those those videos and so many people being like oh my mom still helps me with this my mom still helps me with finding whatever and it just made me realize like what like that is not something that Latinos Latinos can relate to because for so many of us you know we came from immigrant households where we were the ones doing that and we're still doing that for our parents you know so we, we never really had somebody do that so I think that um, a lot of me was like trying to be there for my family trying to like make them happy trying to just like make others happy yeah, not as real. It's like by the time you're six, you're already an accountant, a lawyer, uh, a translator. business owner. You might as well be translator. Yeah. Yo, till this day, I'm a translator. Uh, it's funny because these days what I do, you know, I've evolved in my career, you know, in my career relationship with my mom. You know, I've evolved from translator to now I'm like a, um, a tech enthusiast, almost like introducing her to gifts and text messaging you know, showing her like connected TV, you know, we're literally up. like a tech expert for your mother. Um, like you like set up their phone one time. They're like, Oh my God. You're like, <laughs> download like the Facebook app. They're like, <laughs> yeah. <"Wow." laughs> yo, but that's, that's really powerful. What you said though, around like, yo, there's so much pressure because our family sacrificed so much for us to, to be where we are. Like talk to me about that pressure that you encountered when you were growing up now that I look back, I'm like, okay, I'm grateful for every, you know, I find things like, okay, I'm grateful for all these things. Everything was a lesson, whatever. But I guess ignorance was bliss. Cause like, I didn't really know another way existed. Like even when I would watch those videos where, and I see that, you know, there's people that are already almost like 30 years old and their parents are like helping them with certain things like that. I'm like, what? Like, I didn't know that existed. Like, that's crazy. So I think for me, I never knew any other way. And I always, the only way I ever knew was being incredibly responsible ever since I was like a little kid, like always super showing up, like always being, you know, an adult, always making sure people always counting on me, like always being the one that just like got things done. Like no matter what it was, I always figured it out. And so that's kind of like a, like a hustle mentality that I grew up with that doesn't go away. And sometimes it kind of can be toxic where I try to fight with it and that I just always feel like I need to be productive. And yeah. now that I'm an adult, yeah, like now that I'm an adult, I've been, what I've been trying to do every year, like I'll have my regular goals, like career goals or whatever goals of things that I want to do to be a better you know, version of me. But then also I'll have goals that the only reason why I want to do that thing is because I want to have fun. For example, like I want to learn how to like horseback ride. It's not going to help me make more money. It's not going to help me like in anything other than like a skill that is going to be fun. And that's the end goal, you know, enjoying myself. Like there's no ROI on it other than, I don't know, happiness. I love that. Yo, my girlfriend makes fun of me all the time because it'd be to the point where we wake up in bed together and like, I'm like, I, I'm trying to wake up and do something as quick as possible. She's like, no, I stay in bed. I'm like, no, no, like you don't get it. I got to be productive as early as possible. If not, my anxiety is like at an all time high. Gemini or Virgo? See you. All right. So for the record, you missed three times. Oh, really? <laughs> Wait, None of them? 
At first, you thought I was a water sign, right? I yes, forget I what you said, Cancer, Gemini, Virgo. All right, so 0 for 3. By the end of this, I think you're going to get it just by a process of elimination. <laughs> no, nah, but that's that's dope, though. Like, I actually recently got into a few different things to, to still, like, feel productive, feel like I'm doing something, but it's not necessarily revenue generating. Like, the other thing, the thing that I did the other day, like, I just went to Michael's. I don't know if they got Michael's in L.A. It's kind of like an art shop. Um, and I just bought a bunch of canvases, blank canvases and paint. And I just started painting more like abstract things. Like I don't consider myself an artist, but it was, it was, it's still, it was one of those things where like it felt productive enough, but still wasn't necessarily revenue generating. But to this day, like thinking back at that, I was still like cringing as I was like going through the paint strokes. I'm like, I'm not doing something traditionally productive. Like, how did you get to the exactly. point where you even found like horseback riding? Yeah, so I, I I think like as a little kid, like so many things that you do, like that is the only goal. Like you don't, we were the opposite. You know what I mean? We would choose activities and like we would purposely do put ourselves in situations where we're probably going to be bad at something like, oh, go and do volleyball for like a month and like you're probably going to suck. And eventually, you know, you just, you, you, you have no um, end goal for it. It's just kind of like, okay, I'm going to go like kick a ball now, or I'm going to go like do something else, you know? Yeah. So like, I'm going to do this little, like, I don't know, like pottery class or whatever you're doing. And I think that like, as adults, we kind of stopped doing things that we know we may not be good at. We like only do things that are going to be productive, like get as much, um, you know, return on, on our energy or, you know, super productivity, whatever. And so I like keeping that childish theme or a, a tradition. Energy. Adulthood. Yeah. It's interesting when we think about pressure, because I often think about like, where's the pressure coming from? My family never told me like, yo, you better make X amount of money so that you can support me X, Y, and Z. I mean, they may joke about it here and there because my mom's a jokester, but like many times it's like me putting the pressure on myself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, is that, is that a similar thing for you too? Yeah. I think one of the biggest privileges of like somebody who grew up well off is like, you never had the feeling of being poor, being poor at any part of your life, especially like as a child and that being normal and then not being in that anymore makes you put that pressure in your I never want that to happen it's almost like a fear that lives in the back of your head that kind of like follows you throughout life I always need to be productive because then I'm going to be poor or something and it's just uh, why do and it's just a like internalized I don't know if it's it's like this toxic thing that we it's like hard to let go of and I and I know I have it too in my back of my head of like there's nothing necessarily wrong with it. Like it wasn't even like, I was still happy. Like, yeah, I was broke. And like, when I was a little kid, but like, you know what I mean? Like I was happy. I, had, I was loved. Like I had my family, but it's like a hard feeling to let go of. Talk to me about how that pressure or even that mindset impacted when you started going to school and even like started thinking about like, oh, what do I want to be when I grow up? Because I, from what I remember, I think you was trying to get into law. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's it's really interesting because the more I reflect as to when I was in elementary school, middle school, high school, like throughout my whole life, I've always been an overachiever. Like I've always been that kid of like, you put me in any situation, like I'm 
uh, asking the teacher, like, are, are these the best classes? Like, what's the, what's a better class? Is it the honors class? Like, I remember being in ESL and seeing the kids that were like in the English classes and asking my teacher, like, how do I get into those? And she's like, you got to learn English, like, girl, like, boy, that's <laughs> number one, like, you don't even know how to speak English. Then I was like, okay, can you give me, is there something like, can you, like, what can I do? And remember, she gave me a book and like one English book. And I just remember, like, I literally memorized memorized that book and like I kind of like pretty much taught myself how to read in English and then from the like I've just always been that kid like oh um I tested myself and signed myself to get into honors classes to go into the magnet program I would myself go into the the college office at my high school and would try to figure out like what classes I need to like I was just always I was like school president and this and this and this and to me it was like the reason my motivation was like I physically would go and see where my parents came from like where my parents came from was like so rural Mexico that what like I'm not even like I have very vivid memories of like going to the river to go take a bath in the freezing river cold water like I have vivid memories of like you know what I mean? Like, like going out into this like hole in like the middle of nothing to like go to the bathroom and like, just like, I felt like my family literally came from nothing. Like my father called through a sewer. His first job was like working in the field, picking oranges. Like, you know, I, I just have these memories um, and, and these examples of like how hard they had to work. And I always felt like I should be so grateful. I should be so grateful. And I just felt a lot of pressure to get, make the most out of like whatever opportunities I had, even, even if I was like, whatever school, whatever situation was. And, 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 and and I, when I, now that I look back for so much of my life, I'm like, girl, like, damn, you're a little kid, like take a breath. Like, it's okay. Like chill. But I think who I was kind of got me to where I am now. But now that I feel like I'm at a place where I do want to have that work-life balance, like I do want to do fun things. I do want to do a lot of the things that I didn't get to do when I was younger because I was like too stressed out and on the grind, like going hard and doing the most at like 12 years old. Like I want to be able to do that even if I didn't back then now. Yeah, I, I I've said I said this one time on on TikTok about even going to school. I never went to school to learn. Like <laughs> I, I think people that come from that weren't you know low income or whatever you want to call it, like low income folks go to school to like get a job, whereas like people that weren't go to school to actually learn. Like the concept of like taking a class to learn is so foreign to me like it like I, I even an elective like the only reason I took an elective was to get a better grade so I can eventually get a job you know what I mean like I studied economics just to get a job in finance just to make money you know what I mean and and I think you also hear that as far as like you know the traditional career paths of like lawyer doctors like you try to get into like certain fields to produce and take advantage of the opportunity that we were given because we're so grateful for the sacrifices of our family too yeah, definitely. I agree. So talk to me about when you started working in corporate, like you went from law to something else and eventually ended up in, in marketing. Um, what was it like working for such a huge organization at a young age, 
And I'm just assuming there weren't many Latinas in your position. Yeah, you were managing a team of like 20 people, right? Yeah, I was like, well, right, right out of it, I was I had a team of like 13 people. I like right out of um, grad school. Um, and like, yeah, I, it was like a lot of responsibility being in like my early 20s. But I've, I've always been the type of person that like no matter what I'm doing, whether I'm enjoying it or not, like I always... I don't like to let people down. Like, I'm like, I gave my word. Like if I, I'm, I'm very into the idea. I've, I've always been the kind of person that I'm like, if I say I'm going to do something, I'm giving my word that I'm going to do it the best. And I'm going to like, be so good at it, you know? So it's almost like, I can't, I can't let them down because I, I then, then I will be keeping my word. And it's like, it's just, it's almost like toxic in the sense of, of like, why do you feel like you have to perform that high? Like, why do you feel like you have to like be perfect at it or be, do it so good? But it comes from that idea of me feeling like I gave them my word that I was going to be the best at this. So I think for me getting so much responsibility early on, it made me want to work really hard to, I felt like I had something to prove, you know, like I, I wanted to make sure that after I left, they would be like, wow, these Latina girls, these young people that we hire out of college, these like women, this, like all of these things that are represented. Cause I feel like I knocked, I would literally check off like so many minority boxes and just like one yeah. person from like the age, the gender, the race, you know, race, yeah. et cetera, that I just wanted to make sure that I performed in a way that made them want to hire more people like me in the future. Yeah. And did you going into it change any parts of yourself in order to, because the one thing is our performance, but another thing that a lot of people do is like visually, they want to provide a certain representation of themselves that it's like, oh, that, that woman is respectable. You know what I mean? Oh like, yeah. 100%. What did you 100%, do? What? I was like straightening my hair. Like I was just like, I was just like so boring. Like I was like, dressing, <laughs> like super corporate. Like I was taught, it was exhausting. I think, I think not like what we talked about of like not being able to be your authentic self or not being able to like feel comfortable in your own skin in the environment that you're in like that is exhausting like it's exhausting being like a, in a performative environment where you don't feel like you could just be at peace and to me peace is just being me so yeah I think it's it's definitely exhausting <laughs> what, what was Julissa's corporate swag looking like before Julissa answers let's take a quick break to listen to this message from our sponsor COVID-19 moves fast and now you can too if you feel symptoms even if they're mild you should test fast test positive and at high risk for severe COVID-19, then act fast with authorized oral treatments that can be taken at home and must be taken within five days from when symptoms begin. COVID-19 moves fast, and now you can too by asking your healthcare provider if an oral treatment is right for you. Learn about a treatment option at treatcv19.com. This message is sponsored by Pfizer. Like, did you have the earrings? Did you wear any jewelry? I was, Pant, I, was pantsuit. Like, I almost feel like I had no soul like I had no spirit like it was just kind of like a I don't know I think I I I, I think I tried I went into it with like you know me and then I was like quickly saw that that was not the norm and then it quickly was like all right let me try to like blend in and like I don't want to you know like I don't want to I don't get in trouble or whatever and just let me just do my job and like just be my own little like 
world. And I was just that person that I would, people thought I was shy. It's crazy. Like people would literally think I was like a shy person. And I'm like, no, I just like, don't know you. And I'm not <laughs> talking to anybody. Yes. Yo, you know, what's crazy. Like I got the same feedback and I didn't know how to explain to them. I was like, yo, my mom told me not to talk to y'all. <laughs> like you're not my friend so. yo yo yeah because mom I would I would walk into work and like I mean I would tell my mom's like mom they go to happy hour I was like they drink at work and they like go out and they like have all these things and my mom was like no no that's a trap don't 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 do that <laughs> my family too they're like you cannot drink around your cold yes! so inappropriate like do not uh like don't let them try to like you know make you be bad they're probably trying to have you fail or something she's like don't trust them it's like she almost like instilled this like distrust in white people and white corporate america yeah i'm like mom who hurt you like how many novelas have you watched okay? <laughs> like- yes. yo my grandfather would um not even novelas i don't know if if, if your family used to watch oh um Caso Cerrado. Oh my oh God. My yeah. God. It's like, Anything they saw in Caso Cerrado. issues. <laughs> yes. I'm curious too, when you did sort of bring your, your authentic self or like parts of yourself, it, it sounded like there was a little bit of pushback, whether it be verbal or nonverbal, right? Like you probably got certain cues. Yeah. What was that like? Yeah, no, I mean, I feel like for me, I was in just like a very corporate environment where like I would literally see people get written up for having their not covering their tattoos straight up. Like if someone had a visible tattoo, they would have to like put a bandaid on it or like not have it shown like people would get in trouble over like it just it was just like, you know, one of those environments that kind of like what we talked about about. Uh, feeling like you have to be the first one in last one out or you're not doing your job correctly or you're not taking your job serious so I don't know it was just like very fake like everyone would act like oh the company is just like their whole life and it's like oh my god this is I don't know like it was just like bro what like I don't know like don't be fake like I'm just gonna sit here and not say anything because I don't think you guys want to hear what I have to say (laughs) I get it. Something my mom also taught me, told me was around social media. I don't know what social media was popping when you was working there, but that was also a thing. It was like, matter of fact, even in college, like my advisors would tell me like, yo, change your name on social media, like curate your social media to have a certain look. Right. Who cares? And- Leave me alone. Like what none of your business? Like, why do you care? Why do you want to control my whole life? Yeah. Even when I'm not at work, yeah, over here have a say on it. Like, who, like, literally corporate traditional corporate America like I'm so like it's so invasive I'm like why do you care what does what you getting drunk on the weekend have anything to do with whether you're gonna like come up with this report or whatever I need you to do on Thursday like as long as you do your job like who I don't care let's go do whatever you want (laughs) that's your business like I'm not you know as long as you're doing like things that are problematic in the sense of like, I don't know, like injustice or something, you know, like don't be a bad human being. But other than that, like, do you? But like, how did you get to that point though, where you got the confidence to be yourself and not sort of get rid of the idea of like what professionalism is? Because, and this is just a story that I'm making up in my head. You tell me if it's true or not, but even within starting your own business, right? The idea is probably like, oh, I'm my own boss. I can do what I want. But 
when you started, like, it was probably like, oh, maybe I shouldn't upload that video because, like, <laughs> people are looking at me. What are my customers going to think? Like, yeah, did you still have those so, thoughts too? Yeah, I think um, a lot of the, you know, motivation behind leaving corporate and, like, starting my own business and and getting into this, a lot of it was, like, being able to write my own rules on, like, what does a business look like? Like, what does a team look like? What is a, a business environment? Create the business environment that I would want. Show that like you can be a successful business and still have work-life balance and still have like teams that actually want to be there and the door is open to them. And like, and, and I hate like also in work environments where people feel afraid to like go do something else. Like, it's like, you can't ever leave or quit. It's like, you, things have to be bad in order for someone to decide that there's something else that could be better for them like who cares like I hate I feel like that idea is so toxic that we feel like we can't leave something unless we're pushed out is bad it's like why can't we leave on good terms like why why isn't that normal and I think a work environment where you feel pressured to be there do you feel pressured to not explore other opportunities it's like, why, why, why would you want someone who doesn't want to be there? Like, why would you want someone that's disgruntled? Like, yeah. why don't you just create a cool work environment? And if people want to be there, they be transparent. They'll stay. And if they don't, they leave and who cares? Like, go find somebody else. It's not that serious. Um, so <laughs> I think for me, it was like that environment is something that I wanted to have. Like, I wanted to work with people that like genuinely wanted to be there. And if they don't want to be there, like no pressure, it's cool. Like no hard feelings, you know, it's just, I don't know. And then we have a big thing in our, in our office, especially, and just like me in general, like my own mantra now is if it's not fun, I don't want to do it. Like if it's not fun, if it's, if it, if it's not fun, it means like you're in the wrong role. If you're not, if this is not something that like you, you, you find some kind of like joy or like it challenges you and you're like enjoying the process you know, at least like some part of it, like maybe you're not in the right position. Like maybe you're not doing something that like you're best suited for, like, you know, and, and that person needs to explore what, where that is or what that would be. And, and with campaigns, like there's been a few campaigns that I'll be doing and I'm just like, Oh, I don't, I don't want to do it. I'm like, then why am I doing it? Like, let's change it. Like I have the power. Like I can just scrap that idea like I don't want to like who cares so um we've been trying to be more intentional of like being bringing fun into this space where traditionally fun is viewed as unprofessional it's viewed as unproductive it's viewed as like something that doesn't equal equate to success but I want to prove and also with our office like instill that like fun is actually what equals success like fun is what equals productivity fun is what equals like having a great you know um productive like campaign if, if we if we find things that we deem as fun and we enjoy working on that's what we should spend our time on that's the strategy that we should choose not things that feel like like you know miserable I love that. Yeah. I mean, you have fun, you do your best work. Like did that, did that happen as soon as you started working on Hisos Curls or like, when was that oh, moment where you were just like, <laughs> yeah. When was the moment for you where you felt like, you know what, I'm, 
very comfortable being my most authentic self as the CEO of this of this brand that I created? I would say maybe like maybe three years into it. I think the pandemic honestly like helped really solidify and like mold me better into this person just because like I I feel like quarantine was just so transformative for a lot of people because it forced us to really look within really take time to like be alone with your thoughts and yourself and get comfortable with like what you hear you know like when there's no noise when you quiet everything and there's no distractions just doing your thoughts like what do they tell you are they happy with you you know and it's like can you live with that like are you comfortable with who you are without anything any any anything else and I think that that was like very eye-opening for a lot of people and for some people it was really difficult and for others like it, it it helped them grow into another version of them that maybe you know is more authentic so I think for me um definitely have giving having that time of like reflection and just being more introspective allowed me to, to get to that point. That happened to me too. I think, I mean, in many ways, like we're having Zoom calls. If, if you if you work from home, it's like we're inviting people into our home. So, I mean, there's so many people I've spoken to where it's like, yo, I got early ass calls. I'm inviting you into my home. You know what? I'm gonna wear my head wrap in a meeting. You know what? I'm gonna wear, I'm not gonna dress up for that meeting. I'm gonna wear a t-shirt or you know what? I'm finally gonna start speaking up. And people almost lost the fear of even like, getting fired because of where the job market is now and people so many people are hiring it, it's changed a lot of people um and I think the powerful thing about you becoming your authentic self and I can't even take this bar this line somebody some a guest said it Catalina Peña shout out to her she was like when you become your most authentic self what you end up doing is you become a mirror for other people they see themselves reflected back at them right so by you being yourself they may not see them they're themselves completely in you right like it may be the way you do your hair, the way you speak up for yourself, the way you, how you live your life on social media, like unapologetically, it could be so many things, right? But that's the powerful piece. And I'd love to get a sneak peek into your DMs. Let me explain, not that way, but I'm saying like a sneak peek into like some of the love that people probably show you. Again, this is a story I'm making up, but let me know if it's true. People are like, yo, you inspire me to be myself because of the way you live your life. Like, is that is that true? Yeah, I think, I think part of the reason why I think it's like important for me to be like, you know, the face of my company and, you know, do certain types of events. Like we have like our small business summit and we're constantly like doing a lot of things, um, you know, in interacting with, with our community and our customers and, you know, people that, you know, we meet through, through the business is because I realized that like, it means so much more to people than I thought it did. Being a self-funded business and being able to grow this business from literally nothing, like I'm talking like garage, like, you know what I mean? Zero marketing dollars, like, you know, just like super DIY to being able to grow it and do it in a way that I'm not compromising who I am. I'm not compromising my, my morals. I'm doing it in a way that it's like my own version that, and I'm not taking any money. It's like, it's all me. You know, there's not this like white man in behind. It's actually calling the shots. It's secretly the investor in this. It's like, no, it's this first generation, like girl from freaking Washington Crenshaw, you know, that was able to, to, to make this happen. And, and I think for me, I'm like, I'm so used to just kind of like putting my head down and just like working, working, like, 
I, I forget to like look up sometimes and realize like what's going on around me. And I think for so many people, it kind of, it meant so much, it's meant so much to them of like, you're the first in a lot of these spaces. Like, and do you know what that means for everybody else that, that is now going to have a, a, an open door, you know, hopefully an open door and, 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 you know, how is that going to change? And, and, it, and it is, sometimes it kind of makes me like emotional, like, oh my God, like, and, and, and it does give me some of that pressure of like, all right, I better target, I better do bomb. Like, all right, Ulta, I better do bomb because it, there is a lot, you know, lying on this. Like, it's not just about me. It's about so many other people that may or may not have an opportunity depending on like how this retailer um, thinks, sees, my, sees our performance. Like for a lot of people of color, like, you unfortunately don't have the privilege of just representing yourself. Like you represent your whole community. Like you represent like everyone else that looks like you, you know, they'll like try it out one time. They're like, I'm gonna try this Latina owned whatever one time. And if it works, then I'm gonna try out more. And if it doesn't, then that whole, you know, all of them, like that doesn't work or whatever. I'm gonna, yeah. you know, stereotype this into in general and generalize it. So I realized very quickly that I was in so many spaces, I was the first and that with that privilege came a lot of responsibility. That's, yeah, I feel that. What, what were some of those emotions that came up besides the pressure when you think about the representation that you're, you're creating? I feel like a part of me make, make, would make, made me like almost like mad that it was, took so long, you know what I mean? A part of me was like, why hasn't this, why is this just now a thing? Like why, like that's so ridiculous. And it almost made me like resentful. But then the other part of me is like, I'm so grateful. <laughs> I'm so grateful to be here. Oh my God. Like, thank you. Like for taking a chance on me. Like, thank you for even like um, believing and like risking, you know? So I, it's like, I feel like I'm like in both places. But I like kind of like what you said that why can't we co why, why can't we coexist in two things you know like why can't we be both like why do we have to always just like pick one feeling or one person or one type of whatever to be in like we can be many things at once and that's okay yeah you girl you got my promo for plural I see you <laughs> last question. I love seeing the growth, you know, especially when we talk about that definition you had of authenticity, you know, earlier years when you were trying to fit in and all those things to the point where you are now, I love it. And like, our journey's not over, right? Like we're continuing to grow. I'm curious, like, as you move forward, what's that one thing that continues to inspire you to continue being your most authentic self? Oh, that's a good question. Actually feeling that peace of mind that comes with it. And I and I think that that was like a feeling that was so foreign to me, you know, like I feel like for so long, like I would feel that anxiety and that stress of like, kind of like what you explained, you would like wake up and feel like you're already late to something, you know? And it's like the weekend or, you know, like it's, it's you have nothing that you have to be at, but like you wake up already feeling, you don't wake up with peace, you wake up feeling like you're already not doing something right there's already something that 
you're missing out on or there's like something better that you can be do with your time and I think that like me now like I'm learning to not only prioritize like this piece that comes with being authentic but also the ability to be present that it gives you you know what I mean I think that like being authentic and be have and and finding this piece allows you to be so present and to get lost and really in tune with the present that like nothing else exists. I'm like in this moment and when I'm in this moment, future doesn't exist, past doesn't exist, nothing else matters other than like where I am and who I'm speaking to. And I think that it's like made me more appreciative of like every moment that I have, no matter who it is, like whether I'm like sitting at this podcast and I have like a million things going on and I already know like as soon as this is done, I have to go into this meeting, I have to do, 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 whatever. But it's like this moment when this is happening, like this moment is all that exists and this moment is all that matters. And I'm gonna try to like bring that energy and bring that version, that authentic version of me into like all of these moments so that it can be most fulfilling. And that is how I feel like, that's what authenticity means to me now. Mi gente, that wraps up this week's episode of the Quintuetas podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please do us a favor, leave us a rating and a review. It just helps us in the algorithm to ensure that these stories get heard by as many people as possible. Scaling these stories and experiences is the only way that we're going to redefine professionalism. Thank you and see you next week.